with a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Well, tonight, we bring you part 13 in our series, The God of All Comfort. He is the God who comforts us, not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but ladies and gentlemen, in all of our troubles, especially in these perilous and uncertain times. As we continue forward in this new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Omicron variant. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest financial difficulties, the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. And now, lest I forget, we can add global conflict to the mix. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I want to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you tonight. Stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more. But we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that wonderful and challenging introduction. Uh, God always uses you in a mighty way. We appreciate you, and we appreciate everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And uh, as Brother Gary said, this brings us to part 13 on the God of all comfort and what a comforting uh, teaching and series this has been. And we pray and trust that it has really comforted your, your life personally, your family, your church, your community, and et cetera. And so we're going to continue this teaching. And I just want to say by way of introduction uh, that God puts our lives on display. I want you to make a note of that, that God puts our life on display for a purpose beyond our imagination in the de- daily testing that we go through so we can learn that he has put our lives on display so that we can have a displaying testimony before the world And what a miracle that is. What a miracle that is. A displayed miracle. Oh, I love that. Displayed miracle. God is looking at the bigger picture. Now, uh, we never do see the bigger picture. We just see the current circumstances and the uh, situation that we're in. Uh, But uh, God uh, looks beyond our circumstances and our situation and he looks at the bigger picture. Matter of fact, I've laid out three B's uh, that you should uh, include in your life and your uh, walk with God when it comes to the God of all comfort. Is that the first B is big. 
And God is going to do a big miracle in your life. Do you believe that? And then the second B is that he's going to do a bigger miracle. Not just a big miracle, but a bigger miracle. And then number three, the third B, the biggest miracle in your life. Look at that. Three Bs. Big, bigger, biggest miracle in your lives. Just hold on and keep the faith and look at God looking beyond your circumstances. He's looking at the bigger picture so he can bring a big miracle in your life, a bigger miracle in your life, and the biggest miracle in your life. And this all relates to God's uh, situation of working and allowing things to happen for his own glory, for his purpose. And this also relates to why God allows bad things to happen to good people, you know, why God allows bad things to happen to good people. And uh, I want to review uh, the eight reasons why or God allows bad things to happen to his people. And let me just uh, start off uh, reviewing number one, to test our faith, to test our faith. And uh, your faith is going to be tested. Just hold on and look at the bigger picture. And uh, number two, to wean us from the world, to help us break totally, uh, you know, dependent and uh, our attachments to this world, because we can get so caught up into the things of this world. And number three, God allows bad things to happen to his people to call them to a heavenly hope, to prepare us, to fill our hearts with preparation and anticipation for the glories to come so that we will live in hope, not in this world, but in the world to come in Christ. God sometimes takes us through severe tests, hard tests, sometimes unbearable tests, so we can see uh, that, so he can see that our faith is worthy, that we're loyal, and that we are preparing ourselves for the next world. You know, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there, but you got to be prepared. And he said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Well, he's coming back for prepared people, living under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Number four, and I'm going to stop on this point. Number four, make a note of this one. God allows bad things to happen to his people to show us and teach us to really love him as our number one priority. God allows bad things to happen. I'm going to say this again. God allows bad things to happen to his people to show us, to teach us, to really love him as our number one priority. This is all part of the sanctification process. God takes us all through sanctification to make us what? Holy. He makes us holy to love him and to knock out of us unholiness which separates us from truly loving him. And, you know, you remember Jesus once said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, testing and trials in our lives will reveal 
what is most precious to us. Oh, I like that. Testing and trials in our lives will reveal what is most precious to us. Make a note of that word, precious. If proven character in Christ is the most precious, then enjoying the suffering of Christ for the sake of being a fellow sufferer with Christ is most precious to you, then you will endure anything in your life. You will endure any hardship in your life. If bearing the cross and the reproach of Christ is the most precious, then you will suffer the loss for that and any loss for that. But let me say this, because this is the thing that we get, we get weakened in. If your bank account is the most precious thing to you, if your stock market is the most precious thing to you, and if it crashes, uh, goes down, what you gonna do? If your money and your savings and finances the most precious thing to you, and that turns upside down in your life, what are you gonna do? If your job is the most precious thing to you, if your mortgage payments is the most precious thing to you, if your spouse, children, family, friends, the most precious thing to you, if your school, career, most precious thing to you, then what are you going to do when those things fall apart? Because they will. And those things can turn upside down in your life. And what are you going to do? The only thing that will stabilize you in this terrible world is Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All these other things that you think is precious to you will flip-flop on you at the drop of a hat, but never Jesus. Now, what are you going to do with all these things I've mentioned? They will fall in your life, fall apart in your life, which is all the time happens because God is trying to get your attention even when these things fall apart in your life. Jesus is trying to get your attention to love him first, not to compromise his love over anyone or anything. He's trying to get you to love him first, especially if you've left your first love. We'll talk about in the book of Revelation. God has put these love tests. I like that. God has put these love tests in people's lives from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Let me say this in conclusion. You remember Abraham? How God tested to see if he would love him more so than his son Isaac, even to the point of uh, uh, saying to him to put a knife through his chest at Mount Moriah. And then God intervened because Abraham went to do it. And God said, well, that man loves me more than his son. And uh, that's the test for Abraham. And he passed the test. But I'll say this in closing. There was another man that in the New Testament, Abraham in the Old Testament, there was another man in the New Testament that failed the test of God's love at first. And that was Peter, Simon Peter. Under extreme pressure, he failed the test of loving Jesus. And he denied him three times. And Jesus asked him, after he had denied him, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. And he said, yes. He said, go feed my little lambs. Now, the point that I'm trying to make with this is this, with Peter. Most of us are Ben Peters. We've failed him in our love for him. And 
you who are listening to this message right now, if you fail to love him in the Bible studies, reading it, prayer, witnessing, giving like you should, you fail to love him and putting him first, repent. Right now, repent in the name of Jesus, because he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, First John 1 and 9. So this is the point I'm trying to make to you in closing on this message, that God forgives failing love. Peter failed him in loving him. And Paul says, the love of Christ has constrained me. Ask God to restore your love. Repent of not loving him and putting him number one. Repent right now. And I'm praying that for you right now. Dear Lord, those who have failed to love him in complete obedience, forgive them right now. Because you will forgive failing love like you did with Peter. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, or concerns. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response and not your last resort. God is on the throne, and he's always listening and willing to answer your prayer. We just need to reach out to him. You know, Dr. Buckner and I have been doing radio now for almost 20 years, and it's just an amazing thing when we think back and look back to where we started and to where we are, and we know that none of this would be possible without your consistent prayers. We can't thank you enough for those prayers going forward for this ministry because they are changing things, they're changing lives, they're moving heaven. And uh, we just want to say thank you for those prayers. And we also want to say thank you for those of you who have been partnering with us financially over these many, many years. It's a listener-supported ministry, and without your support, there is no ministry. It's that simple. And we need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent giving. Uh, We can't thank you enough. There's two ways that you can donate. One, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N-C-A 94920. Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. Contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. I like to say, you know, one day, You'll stand before God. He's going to say to you, turn around, and you'll see a vast multitude of people. And you'll say to God, who are these people? And the Lord will say to you, these are the people that made it into the kingdom as a result of your giving to contending for the faith and ministries like it. You, ch- you change time and eternity by your giving. 
So we want to encourage you and we also want to say thank you to you for your generosity and for your prayers. You know, um, we always ask to, uh, for you to, to write us, to give us a note of encouragement. And uh, we received a, a wonderful note from uh, Sister Sophia. Dr. Bunker, did you want to read just a little bit of that? Uh, yes, Gary, I'd love to do that because we get touched by letters from people and we always get touched by Sophia, a regular caller on, on the radio. Uh, she says, Dear Dr. Buckner, ever since I began listening to Contending for the Faith, my life has changed completely. I feel that I am finally off milk and eating solid food, if only a few bites. My love for Christ and knowledge of the word has deepened so much. The Bible says that we are in this world, but not of it. Every week, I look forward to the profound and instruction insights, the wisdom and compassion of you and the most precious brother, Gary, allow me to navigate each day more peacefully. Dr. Buckner, your teaching that God is always there to comfort us gives me the security that my path are clear and my feet will not stumble. You are both such powerful anointed stewards of God and serve as my anchor when inevitably the sea of life gets stormy. God bless you both and your wonderful ministry with gratitude and love. Sophia, she says also, P.S., I have to say, I got to read this whole thing. It's so touching. You're spellbinding uh, this morning, you're spellbinding and most unusual teaching on the resurrection was fabulous. Every morning, I have added a new prayer to my others. I ask the Holy Spirit to remove the veil from my eyes today so I may see God's plan for me more clearly, that the plan for me this Easter is sown into God's kingdom through the contending for the faith in anticipating of my tax refund. I am so blessed to do so. And Gary, I tell you, letters like this really bless our heart. And uh, she gave a nice donation as well. And uh, it's encouraging people when they get blessed with their tax return to think about contending for the faith. That's something we want to put out there too. Uh, when God has blessed you in so many ways, be a blessing to others. How does this minister to you, Gary, just hearing this letter? Well, you know, Sophia is uh, such a wonderful supporter of what we're doing. And um, I'm always touched by her comments and the love she displays in her comments and in her writing as well. And uh, it's just, you know, it's so encouraging. Everybody, you know, I've heard a lot of speakers, a lot of leaders and church leaders, and, and, and I heard one specific individual one time mention that it's so important for pastors and people who are leaders in the church to surround themselves with certain people who will encourage them because a lot of times it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough work and you take a lot of hits and the enemy comes at you or, and you know, one person used to say the job would be easy if it weren't for the people. Right. And uh, sometimes church folk can be the worst folk, but it's always a blessing when someone appreciates uh, the work that God is doing in you and through you, it's just an important thing. And I, I always encourage the listening audience, you guys really should be praying for your pastors and your leaders in your church because they need your support. They need your encouragement. 
They stand up there every week. They're, they're laboring over you. They're praying over you, tears over you. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. And so appreciate that work. Pray for those leaders and encourage them as well. Gary, why don't you give us some feedback over uh, the message, how it uh, ministered to you? Well, you know, you mentioned going through suffering, and it's been a real tough time for our family financially lately, and just waiting on God for certain things. And um, it was just really, for me, to hear those three Bs, that big miracle, that bigger miracle, and the biggest miracle in your life. And I'm, I'm believing God for the, the breakthroughs that we need for our situation. And uh, he's, to me, this is just confirmation that it's coming. So I hope that the listening audience was blessed as well by that part. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things when I always like to, t- to say, you know, you can get a book on swimming, right? And you can look inside and you can see, oh, here's, all, here's page 35, the breaststroke. Turn the page and, oh, look, there's the backstroke. And look, there's the freestyle. And you get all the way to the end of the book. And you close that book and you say, you know what? Now I know how to swim. Well, guess what? It's a different world once you get in that water. (laughs) Before that, it's just theory. And the same thing with faith. You know, it's easy to say you have faith when things are going well. But wait till you get in the water. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's where the rubber meets the road. And, uh, you know, your, your, your faith is proven. And you go through these different trials, tests, and, you know, we're in the midst of one, I feel, right now. And, and sometimes it's hard. It's just really a struggle. And so it's encouraging to hear messages like this that speak to that, that season and that, you know, God has not forgotten you. He's there. He's with you. He's taking you through things, and he's growing you up. He's preparing you for greater, greater things. And so it's easy to lose sight of that. It's easy to, you know, just get stuck in what you're seeing. And, um, you know, I used to read Psalms and David would cry, where are you, Lord? You know, that kind of thing. And I think, well, why would he say that? You know, David was intimate with God. and He spoke to God. He was just God and no sheep 24-7 out there. That's how he got so passionate about God. But now I understand, you know, sometimes it feels like, where, where are you, Lord? In the midst of all of the chaos and the suffering and the stuff that's going on, it's easy to lose that side of him and feel like you've been abandoned or left alone and wondering what's going on. But scripture says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. And so, you know, those are true. Those are God's truth. And we have to walk through that stuff at times. So that's a long, convoluted answer, I think. But <laughs> That's a very good one, Gary. Thank you so much for that. Uh, very uh, good one, as well as encouraging one. I'm sure people out there who heard you share is really touched by that because you're so right until you be put in the water. And there's troubled waters that God puts us in, like he did with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. He, but the good news is in the midst of it, uh, when he told them to... Uh, get in the water in the boat. Uh, he said that, um, you know, I'm going to get you to the other side. Yeah. And, and he time, was, he was in the boat. He, he was, was in the boat in the with him. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's in the troubled waters with us as too. We got to remember <laughs> that. And he said to his disciples, 
uh, let's go to the other side. But in the midst of going to the other side, there's going to be tests uh, on the way and in the middle. Uh, and, uh, you know, he put Peter right in the thick of the water and he was doing okay when he kept his eyes on Jesus. And when he got his eyes off of Jesus and he got his eyes on the water and the kicking up on him and everything like that, that's when he sunk. And so we got to keep our eyes on Jesus in the midst of the deepest storms of life, whether it's finances, temptation, or family issues, no matter what it is, uh, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus because that's the key to getting us through every storm in life. Well, it sounds like we got uh, things are opening up. We're going to try Rick again. Yes. But you know what, what we can do is uh, go to his question. He mentioned, uh, what was the question he mentioned? Uh, theocratic attack, right? Yes. What does it mean and how is it, and how is it applied? Yeah, let me let me say something about that. I don't know how many people have heard that word theocratic tack. You know, T A C T, theocratic tack. And this is a term that is used primarily with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, uh what does it mean? That's the big issue. What does it mean? It simply means this, okay? Um, that they will use the tack, the the theocratic tack of even lying, lying to persuade people to come into the kingdom hall, the organization. Let me give an example. They will use the tack of saying, we believe in the Trinity. Now, this is satanic to the core. We believe in the Trinity. You know they don't believe in the Trinity because they say the Trinity is demonic and satanic. Uh, and pagan, pagan, yeah. pagan, yes. And yet, uh, they will say when they are talking to unbelievers that they consider unbelievers, they teach them, they brainwash them to use that tact to get people in. So once they get in, then they start teaching that the Trinity is pagan, but this is their way of drawing people in. The same way with the Holy Spirit, they'll even say that they believe that the Holy Spirit is God and that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, you know, they believe that the Holy Spirit is a act, God's active force, the wind like Star Wars. But yet, they'll do this to draw people in. And that's the theological tact that they use. So when you hear the word theocratic tact, always remember that that's the trickery of Satan in the Watchtower, the Jehovah's Witnesses, to use that to manipulate people into the movement the organization, and once they get into it, then they change upon them because they believe, oh, God will forgive, just like, you know, uh, Abraham had lied about Sarah, you know, you know, being his sister. Of course, she was his half-sister, but his wife too. But they figure, oh, you know, God forgave that, so he'll do this too. So be careful when you're dealing with this term theocratic tact. Well, hopefully he was able to hear the answer to that. That's uh, what's important here. So do we have enough time to at least get to uh, CC? Um, let's see. We, we have, have about two minutes. Up. Yeah. Well, let's uh, do this. Um, we'll come back to him and let's get to uh, the uh, go to the commercial. And you want to say anything you want to say, Gary, and then we'll come back and deal with uh, CC. 
Well, I think you hit the proverbial theological nail on the head with your explanation. I don't have anything to add to that. So, you know, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open and we do want to hear from you. I want to give a shout out to my good friend, John Butler, who just texted me that he's listening to the broadcast. So, hey, John, I hope you're enjoying the the broadcast tonight. Good to hear from you. Um, But it is time for us to take that break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and uh, we're just happy that you're with us tonight. We want to welcome you to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. And again, I just want to thank all of you who have been long-term listeners here at Contending for the Faith. Uh, we've been on the air for just about 20 years. And when we first got started, we were on the air for two hours every Saturday night. And uh, so it was the early days. People listen to those early broadcasts and they say, you guys sound so young. I'm like, thanks a lot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we were younger 20 years ago. <laughs> But we just want to thank all of you who have hung in there these these 20 years worth of broadcasts and uh, have been continuously um, praying for us, continuously standing with us, lockstep with us. And uh, it's such a blessing. We can't thank you enough for the support and the kindness and the love that you have sent our way through your prayers, as well as through your financial giving. Those of you who have partnered with us over the years financially to keep this broadcast on the air. Um, it's doing the work that God has called it to do. And we believe that with all of our hearts. You know, we have a lot of regular callers for those of you who listen uh, consistently. But I truly believe that there are that they're just the tip of the iceberg and that they um, represent a a larger group of people who feel the same way. And uh, we're just thankful to all of you for your prayers. We're thankful to all of you for your financial support, for standing with us and partnering with us in this vital ministry. It's something we can't do alone. It's bigger than Dr. Buckner and I. You know, we know that when God gives you something to do, it's always bigger than you because he's got to be in it to make it work. And, uh, So we know God has a great plan for this ministry, for what it's doing, for how many lives it's touching. Dr. Buckner and I have no idea how many folks have been listening over 20 years to this broadcast and how far it's reached and how far, uh, how many people have been touched as a result over that, over that length of time. It's, it's mind boggling. And we probably will never know until we get to the other side and, um, but we're just really, we're humbled that God would choose us to do this. We're humbled that um, the listening audience is supporting us the way it is. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to share with you each week God's word. So we want to encourage you, continue to pray. And if you're able to continue to be a blessing with us, for us financially, there's two ways that you can donate. 
Uh, one is to address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And again, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's Contending for the Faith excuse me, contendingfaith.org. So it's that simple. You'd be a blessing for time and eternity. Again, that's contendingfaith.org. Also, we want to remind you that all of our broadcasts, um, you can find them in a podcast form by going to kfax1100.com, kfax.com, and you can go to the top of the page on the banner and pull up Contending for the Faith, and you'll see all the podcasts there. And these are great resources. You can use them for your personal devotions, Bible study. You can use them for your church's Sunday school if you want to, a special events. And also I want I would add that, you know, Dr. Buffner and the team are available, uh, you know, given enough notice, if you want him to come to your church, you ought to give him a call and, uh, Set up a special training on apologetics. Set up a special training on the doctrine of the Trinity, on the fundamentals of the Christian faith. There's so many various topics that he is well versed in and can be a blessing to your per, to your congregation and uh, maybe your community at large. You may want to host something that and invite multitude of churches. So we want to encourage you to uh, give Dr. Buffner a call at area code four one five. Seven two one one seven seven eight, and uh, set up something. You know, it'll be a blessing for your church, blessing for your community, and you know, uh, biblical illiteracy is a, is an issue in the church, and we ought to be able to defend our faith. We need to know what we believe, but we should know why we believe it, and be able to stand firm in our faith, especially in being when we're confronted by the world especially this day and age with the bizarre things that are going on in our culture, uh, as well as the cults that knock on your door. You want to be able to defend the faith and not be twisted into a doctrinal pretzel by someone who has false teachings, but they know their false teachings better than we know the truth. That cannot stand. So we need to do better. And here's an opportunity for you to do so by inviting Dr. Buckner to speak at your church or do a seminar. Again, give him a call at area code 415-721-1778. So Dr. Buckter, we do have a question from Jermaine, and it says, what does the Bible say about the atrocities of war? That is a tremendous question, and uh, I want to say some things about that, but I want to thank the Lord for using you and what you just shared, because it's moving, and we are available, flexible to go into churches and minister to uh, the various churches in the Bay Area, and we've done that, and we've been a tremendous blessing. Uh, so uh, with Jermaine's question, you know, what the Bible says about the horrors of atrocities of war, um, let me just kind of lay out some scriptures that uh, Jermaine could look at and anybody else uh, because we're under some warfare with them, the callers not being able to get through. But 
is not going to stop us from ministering to you. Oh, no. Giving you your some answers to your questions. But you can make note of uh, Jermaine, if you're listening, uh, look like you're still on, uh, 2 Samuel 12 and 31, 1 Chronicles 20 and 3, uh, 2 Chronicles 25, and uh, Isaiah 9 and 5, and then Isaiah 13 and verse 16, and Isaiah 19 and 2, and Psalms 79 and 3. So again, 2 Samuel 12, 31, 1 Chronicles 20 and 3, 2 Chronicles 25 and 12, Isaiah 9 and 5, Isaiah 13 and 16, Isaiah 19 and 2, and then Psalms 79 and 3. And then also uh, James 4, uh, verses 1 through 2. And then you want to link in with that Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. And then uh, Matthew chapter 24, because uh, Jesus talked about uh, wars. And he said that there would be, he prophesied in the last days that there will be wars and in the future, wars and rumors of wars and against nations and kingdoms against kingdom. And then he even predicted the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD by the, the, the emperor Titus. <clears throat> but when we talk about uh, who is, is war God's fault, no, the ultimate blame for warfare falls on mankind and his selfishness and his greed. And it falls on the fact going all the way back to the time of uh, Saul in the Old Testament that uh, if they would have kept it uh, a theocracy, that means God rule. If they would have kept it that way, man would have been under God's rule and he would have kept things in order but they wanted a monarchy, man's rule. And man all the time, when he gets in control of things, just like what's happening with our government today and governments uh, in Russia and everywhere else, when man gets in control and not God, he not only messes things up, but he devastates things and it becomes destructive and evil. And wars come out of all that because Jeremiah 17 talks about the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So um, uh, in the midst of war, if it's a means of defense uh, that God can step in, and if it's a just war, sometimes wars can be just and justifiable. We see that in the case with uh, Abraham uh, and David going up against Goliath. You know, God was definitely behind David uh, with Goliath, and uh, we uh, are seeing uh, Goliath with Russia uh, going against Ukraine, and and we know that they've been, in a lot of ways, getting the best of Russia in many ways. So we just never know uh, what God will do in the midst of everything, but uh, wars can be justifiable and unjustifiable, but ultimately... It goes back to man refusing to be under a theocracy. And man still today doesn't want to be under a theocracy. He doesn't want God to be in control of him and rule him. And that's the problem. But Jesus said, in the midst of it all, the kingdoms of this world 
will become the kingdoms of our Lord. So Jesus will come back. You know, he had three offices, right? As prophet, priest, and king. And he'll come back as king of king and lord of lord. And there will be an ultimate war of Armageddon. And Jesus will come in the midst of that and set everything straight as the king of king and the lord of lords. Uh, Gary, you want to add anything to what I said? No, um, I think we are able to get CC on the line. So I will forego any of my comments in light of trying to get a little bit of time with CC. All right, CC, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Oh, good. Good to have you on. We were hoping to get somebody on. Well, tell me quickly before you give me some feedback. We have about, give you uh, about five minutes of this time. Um, tell me what you got out of the message. Did you hear the message tonight? I couldn't hear because you guys was having phone problems. So I was on hold, but I heard none of the, I heard none of the message. Oh, okay. Well, give us some feedback then over uh, what uh, I had assigned to you. What did, what did you give us some feedback on that? The feedback I can give is that John Calvin was born in the 1800s. He died in 1882. He was born in London. He was a lawyer. He was a priest for four years. The position that he held in theology, he was a pre-millennium dispensationalist, and he was influenced by a young girl who had an esoteric vision that the church was going to be raptured up. And the Seventh-day Adventists actually jumped on this bandwagon. He also started um, this movement called the Plymouth, the, uh, Plymouth Brethren Movement in 1831. And a lot of people were discipled also in Dallas, Theological Seminary, which a lot of our sound, uh, prolific Bible teachers held to these teachings to this day. And in Revelation 13, it talks about the beast coming out of the sea, speaking blasphemous things. And the position they hold is that the church will be raptured up in the pre-tribulation and that the Jews will be left down here to be slaughtered. And that's actually a contradiction against what the scriptures would say, because when we look in the early church, it shows that um, the church went through tribulation. We look at the book of Acts, we look in the book of Hebrews, we look in First um, uh, John and all of these other passages, and especially in Thessalonians, we talks about the men of uh, the the, the, uh, the man of sin, and he talks about it will be a falling, it will be a passing away, but that's during the tri- tribulation, and. Also in Romans 11, it says that all Israel will be saved. So God is not a racist to leave um, the Israelites to be slaughtered in the pre-tribulation. And we hold there's different positions. You have pre-trib, post-trib, millennium. We hold a post-trib, post-trib position that the church would go through tribulation. Jesus said this in Matthew 24. He gave, um, he gave heed that the church would go through tribulation um, in this time that we would have. And so it's, it's basically laid out in Scripture about the tribulation that the church would go through tribulation, and we also get a picture of that in 78, of, of, a precursor to that in 70 A.D., when the temple was destroyed by Titus and his Roman army, and the church went through tribulation then. And so that's what is, um, that's what I can say in a nutshell in that case, and we as Christians, again, we hold a post-trib and that Christ is to be glorified and that his kingdom will be built and that believers will be saved. And as Paul said, there's no, there's, 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 there's no, there's no, uh, 
difference between um, who's going to be saved. He says it's bond free, so we're all in one in Christ Jesus. And so that's what I can lay down right there. Uh, good job. Uh, well done. Uh, I got to get you in uh, some of my classes. You're very got a good mind. God is blessed you with a good mind. Uh, you're sharp at giving back uh, direct feedback, and I'm very proud of you and what you did and paying attention to that. And did you also get the name of the books that I recommended? Did you remember that? Um, I don't, I didn't remember that. Okay. So uh, you want to uh, look at and try to get uh, The Blessed Hope by George Elton Ladd, L-A-D-D, George mm -hmm. Elton Ladd, The Blessed Hope. And the Church and the Tribulation uh, by Robert Gundry, G-U-N-D-R-Y, Gundry. So the Church and the Tribulation, uh, the two great professors uh, that my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, recommended to us as students. And I think everybody should have those two books, um, and they will bless you uh, because it's so solid and this, they're Views is based right upon the scriptures, the word of God. And so good job, uh, Cece. Uh, God bless you. Keep up the good work. And I'm glad we we're able to get through uh, with you. And you might want to listen to the podcast, a great teaching tonight, because I have said in my message that God, uh, I mean, I mentioned three B's, that God is involved with us big things, then the second be bigger things and the biggest third be the biggest thing so uh gary was touched by that especially around his finances yeah the biggest miracle <laughs> biggest miracle yeah big miracles bigger miracles and the biggest miracle that's what i had shared in the message so you might want to listen to the podcast thank you brother cc god bless you brother keep up the good work and we look forward to talking with you next week Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you for that little feedback. Right, yes, thank you. and you and, and uh, Gary, have enough time to pray for his any prayer requests? Uh, real quick. You have any prayer requests? Me and my family, and and celebrities in general. My mom, Rosalinda. All right, let's do it, Gary, and knock a home run. All right. Well, we thank you, to Lord, for tonight's broadcast for blessing. In spite of the technical difficulties, we know that your word did not return void, but will accomplish that which you send it forth to do. And we just lift up CeCe, pray for his health issues, for his family, his mom, the celebrities, Lord God, in the world today who need you desperately, celebrities like Will Smith and his situation. And we just pray, Lord God, that you, you can, if you touched our lives, you can touch theirs. And so we just thank you in, in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd just like to thank Mentor Engineer and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are always an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you, how it's moved upon your lives. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner 
always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.